Church. Today's scripture reading is taken from Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 1 to 5. Chapter 9, verse 1 to 5. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. Those of Israel's descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in confession and in worshipping the Lord their God. Standing on the stairs of the Levites were Joshua, Benai, Kadmiel, Shabaniah, Bonai, Sherebiah, Benai, and Kenani. They cried out with loud voices to the Lord their God. And the Levites, Jesha, Kadmiel, Benai, Heshaniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shabaniah, and Pataiah said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. This is the word of God. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel is taken from the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 15, beginning at the 11th verse. Glory to Christ our Saviour, Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to verse 24. Luke 15, 11 to 24. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger man gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pots that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And while he was still a far way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best rope, put it on him, 
and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and he began to celebrate. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Thank you very much for reading the word, um, Steph and Pastor Gilbert. It is certainly good to be back. Just an update, quite a number of people have been asking me, how is my eye? My eye is doing well. According to the doctor, the, the healing of the cataract surgery on my left eye is progressing well. And I'm, but I cannot see very clearly yet because um, my right eye still is long-sighted, short-sighted. So I'm waiting for my new pair of glasses. I'm certainly looking forward to clearer vision when I collect my glasses next week. So let us, let us pray. And I want to also thank you for those of you who have been praying for me and visited me at my home and really certainly appreciate your prayer and love and concern. So let us pray as we begin our time this afternoon. Father, we come before you this afternoon. We want to thank you for your loving kindness towards each one of us over the years. And God, we look to you. We continue to look to you. As we look at this passage in Nehemiah, this, this prayer that the Levites led, may we Grant us new insights, grant us new revelations that we can apply in our lives. So, Spirit of God, come and speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We have journeyed with Nehemiah for a long time now. And we, we saw that Nehemiah was certainly a man who was a prayer a prayer warrior, and persisted and zealous about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And he completed, the, completed building the wall in a short span of 52 days. And, and his leadership was one that was wise and was discerning. And of course, everyone contributed towards the completion of this, of this great project. The whole project had many challenges as we have journeyed with him. And even Nehemiah's life was threatened at some point. But Nehemiah, being a man of prayer, went to the Lord in prayer and we saw how the hand of the Lord has led him and the Jews in completion of the project. Now the construction of the wall was completed. And they must be rejoicing. And then, and now God began to deal with the hearts of the people. It's just like, and I'm not very good in computer, but, but one thing that I know, it, it, it's like the hardware is completed. Now God is putting the software in place, isn't it? So the hearts of the people... That, is under, that God is looking into and under God's construction now. So today we look at chapter 9. It is actually a continuation from last week's 
chapter 8, uh, where Pastor Darren brought us through, walked us through. In the last chapter, we saw that the people were reading the Word of God publicly every day for seven days. And, and then they were celebrating a festival called Festival of Booths, or some, in some version, they call it Festival of Tabernacles, where they really remember the time when they were in the wilderness, when the Jews were in the wilderness, and how God has led them through those years of wilderness, in the wilderness. And I believe that as, a, as, as we reflect together with the, with the Jews in chapter 9, as things unfold, I believe that they have probably completed reading the Torah at least once, seven full days. And then on this day, on the eighth day, they have three hours of reading the scripture. So they have completed the Torah at least once. And we all know that the Torah other is also called the Pentateuch, and which is the first five books of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The remembrance, the celebration, and the reading of God's law certainly brought about a great revival. Last week, we saw the great revival at, at the water gate, right, at the west gate. So, it, 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 is, it, it took them through a time of great revival as they recollected how the mighty hand of God had brought them through the many years in the wilderness. And chapter 8 ended with, concluded with this verse. It says, And day by day, from the first day to the last day, he, that was Ezra, read from the book of the law, and they kept the feast seven days. So it was the seven days of celebration. And on the third on the eighth day, there was a solemn assembly according to the rule. It says, according to the rule. So where was this rule found? That brings us back to Leviticus chapter 23. And Leviticus chapter 23 was a chapter where God instructed how the different feasts were to be celebrated. And in verse 22, 23 to 34, it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth day of this seventh month, and for seven days is the feast of booths to the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. For seven days you shall present, it, present food offerings to the Lord. On the eighth day, you shall hold a holy convocation, convocation and present a food offering to the Lord. It is a solemn assembly, and you shall not do any ordinary work. Indeed, it was a holy and solemn assembly. So you see, they have read that part of Leviticus, and now they were determined to obey the law. They were determined to obey God and His commandment by observing this solemn assembly on the eighth day. So we here have arrived on the eighth day. That is in chapter 9. And in chapter 9, it's recorded for us what happened 
on this day. So as we have, as Stephanie has read for us earlier, the first five verses, we saw that this prayer was led, this time of prayer was led by Levites, the Levites, the priest. And we know that it was, and it was a six hour service. Okay, six hours, a quarter of the day was spent reading the word, a quarter of the day was spent in confessing and worshipping the Lord. It's a six hours worship service. Can you imagine you and I be in a, in a six hours service? I think after two hours, we will probably walk away. And, but, in, but they were involved in the six hours service. And in the six hours service, what happened? There was a reading of the word. There was a time of repentance. There was a time of reflection. And it ended in a time of renewal. The reading of the word. They have been reading this corporate public reading of the word for seven full days. And now they have another three hours of reading. From the way things unfolded, they must have completed reading the Torah at least once, as I said earlier. And revisiting not only the rules and the regulations and the laws that God has given to the people through Moses, and they probably have visit, revisited their history as well. And I believe that I believe that there were probably some teaching and preaching of the word as they read the the law. Pastor Darren last week have talked about the importance of reading and obeying the word of God. So I shall not go that way. But just to add in one verse, okay? And and we all remember, we are familiar with this verse very well, taken from Romans. It says that so faith comes from hearing and hearing the by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of God, hear means how do you hear the word of God? It's not just preaching, but when you read scripture, when you read scripture aloud, okay, in your own personal time, you are also hearing the word of God. It is sometimes good nah, to read the word aloud so that we don't get distracted. Nah. We can concentrate better. And also, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. We, our ears get to hear the Word of God being read. And then, we take time to meditate, take time to understand, and take time to glean from the Word that we read, that we hear with our ears, and apply and glean from that, and learn from the lessons that we can apply into our lives. Hearing is not one year in, one year out. Nah? Sometimes we are like that, right? One year in, one year out. But let, it, let the Holy Spirit of God help us in our reading that we were pause to meditate. Then we also read in, in verse 1 and 2 that the people went into a time of repentance. How do we know? Because it says here that they were, that the people of Israel, when they assembled, they were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth on their head. That means they come and dress with sackcloth and ashes 
which is a sign of repentance, a sign of mourning. Mourning for what? Mourning for their sins. And then what happened? In, it also said that they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. Okay, we will look at that in a little while. And then, and for a quarter of the day, they made confession and worshipped the Lord. I believe that the time of repentance and confession was brought about when they read about the goodness of God over the years. And it, they, they read about the kindness of God, how despite the sins of their father, the waywardness of their father, God remained faithful. God remained loving, showing loving kindness towards them. It was the kindness of God that I believe that moved them to repentance. In the book of Romans, Paul reminds us that it, is God, it was God's kindness that leads us to repentance. When we learn, when you and I learn to count our blessings sometimes, our hearts are moved by the kindness of God. When our hearts are moved by the kindness of God, we begin to look inward. The Spirit of God begins to help us to look inward and examine our lives. I believe also that the Israelites knew about this promise of God. The famous verse in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. This is God's promise. For, God, for His people, that whoever will humble themselves, confess their sins, and turn from our wicked ways, from our waywardness, from our sins, when we come before God, then what's the outcome? The outcome is He will hear from heaven. That's God's promise, that He will hear from heaven and bring about healing. All of us wants our prayer to be heard. All of us wants God to bring about healing. So we need to come before the Lord in sincere repentance. As children of God today, we are eternally grateful for God's forgiveness when we confess our sins. We have just said a corporate confessional prayer earlier in our service. And I believe that we've done so with all our hearts and not just mouthing the words and not just saying the words or reciting the words, but sincerely saying the prayer of confession from our heart because true repentance certainly comes from the heart. And the Levites continue in their reflective prayer. I would like us to bring us through a time of reflection together with the Levites. And I believe that for the rest of the chapter, there are three things that came out regarding the characteristic of God, the awesomeness of God, the faithfulness of God, and the loving kindness of God. And we will look at the prayer in three sections. 
I will not attempt to read the whole, whole prayer because it's a very long passage. But keep your, do keep your, keep your Bibles open but, and we will go along. But we will read the first couple of verses, verse 5 and 6. It says, Then the Levites, Joshua, Kamir, Manhi, Bahabia, Sherebiah, Hodia, Shibania, and Pinatia said this. These are the Levites, okay? They said this, Stand up and bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name which is exalted above, above all. You are the Lord alone. You have made heaven the, and the heaven of heavens and with all the hosts and the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in it, and you preserve them and the Lord of heaven worship you. So in these two verses, what did the Levites do? What did the Levites, the Levites acknowledge and recognize that the Jehovah God is an awesome God. That He's a God from the everlasting to the everlasting. And that His name is exalted above all others, all else. And that everything was created by God, our Creator. That being the everlasting God, He's the Alpha and He's the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Our God is one who knows the end from the beginning. He's the one who knows us so intimately, the days of our lives. And then, His name is above every other name. We sing about this all the time, don't we? That His name is exalted above all else. And that we also know that He is the God that created heaven and us. You and I share the same belief. We believe that our God is from everlasting to everlasting. And just now our brother Daniel prayed that his mercies are new every morning. Everlasting to everlasting. We acknowledge that the name of Christ, God's name, is exalted above every other name. And that we acknowledge that he is our creator. Not only He created the universe, He created you and me. I would like us to just take a moment now and reflect together with the people as we sing this great hymn. We will just sing one verse and one chorus. Let us stand as we declare our awesome God, our Creator God. the wrong song is how great thou art the first song is how great thou art the next song is great is thy faithfulness
Let's continue. So the next thing that in the prayer is that they reflected their history. It is often said that history is his story. Whose story? God's story. Isn't it true? We see the hand of God in every part of history. As part of my theological education, one of the subjects that I needed to study was church history. And I came, I don't like history, okay? I, I really don't like history when I was going to school. But going through the church history, it certainly amazed me and really encouraged me to be interested in history and see how God at work in history, despite the many sins, the waywardness, the wickedness, and the mistakes of man, God remained faithful through the eras, fulfilling His purposes. Yeah, church history is a very interesting subject. If you like to read a book on church history, I can lend you. But going back to the Levites' prayer, they followed the part of we followed the part of the prayer where the Jewish people begin from Abraham, the recognizing the faithfulness of God. I will not read through the whole thing. Open your Bible in chapter nine, and I will highlight to you some of the verses. Okay, and. They were what they were recollecting in the prayer, they were recollecting the formative years of the Jewish nation, of the Jewish people, right from Abraham. Abraham, from verse 7 and 6, Abraham's name was changed to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. And then, and, and then Abraham was chosen because Abraham was found faithful before God. And God and God made a covenant with Abraham, which is of course known as the Abrahamic covenant. And land was promised to Abraham and his descendants. God told Abraham that his descendants would be like stars in the sky. And that God was faithful to keep his promise. This is important because when we go on and move on, 
we will see that the next formative years that the, that the Levites recounted was also the time of Moses, where they were slaves in, the in Egypt. Verse 9 to 15, the time of Moses. They remember that the people grew. There were only about 50 people that entered, entered Egypt. But they grew. They grew to so many. And the, the Egyptians were not happy and they became slaves. And God heard the cry of the people, of his people, suffering in Egypt. And then Moses came along, came to deliver them from the hands of Pharaoh with signs and wonders in verse 10. Then what did God do when they were stuck by the seaside at the Red Sea? God parted the Red Sea so that they could walk on dry land. That is reflected in the prayer. And that God protected them and provided food for them in verse 12 and 15. And then at Mount Sinai, laws, rules and regulations were given all these rules and regulations was to teach them how to live together as a community that was set apart for God. It's not just any rules and regulations. It's a community. It's for them to live as a community that is set apart for God. That's verse 13. And then God was faithful as he continued to read in the book of Joshua that God was faithful and help them to conquer and enter and possess the promised land. Remember Abraham? God promised Abraham the promised land. And now, Moses brought them out of Egypt and they went in to possess the promised land. So you see the flow, huh? So as we see that God was faithful, God was faithful towards the Israelites and how God brought them through their formative years from the time of Abraham to the time of Moses. And then, of course, you can read all of this from Genesis to Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua. So they read the book of the law and they read the history. How about us? How about our own history? At this time, I thought that we would take a moment just to reflect on God's faithfulness in our individual lives. And as we think about it, we want to reflect on God's faithfulness. How God has seen us through, individually, through the many years since we accepted Jesus into our lives. Until today. Learning to count our blessings. As the musician plays the song a little bit, let's take a moment just to recollect, just to recollect on God's faithfulness in our lives, in your life, in your life thus far. Just now, thy compassion 
the chorus. His faithfulness to us. Then from verse 16 onwards, the Levites reflected their wandering years in the wilderness. The Levites in this large section spent time reflecting upon the way that God, how they treated God and how God continued to love, be loving and gracious towards them. Let's first look at their conduct, their reflection on their conduct. The wandering years, they were, they admitted that they were stiff-necked, that they disobeyed God's commandments. The Levites admitted that, that they have disobeyed God, disobeyed the commandments that were given by them. You can read the actual accounts in Exodus, huh? Then they were not mindful of the signs and wonders that God performed through the hands of Moses. Life became so comfortable that they forgot about the wonderful things that God has done in their lives. It's the same for you and me, isn't it? When life becomes so comfortable, we forgot all the good things and all the blessing that God has given us. And we start to do what? We start to complain, we start to murmur, God, why like that? Why this happened to me? Why this happened to why that happened to me? Then that was as if not enough. They turned and they worshiped the golden calf. The people became impatient and bored when their leaders was away meeting God. Their hearts began to turn away from God and they crafted a golden calf and they said that this is that was their God. And they built a golden calf and decided to worship this false god. So they were disobedient and rebelled against God in verse 26. And we were told that they even killed God's prophets. And in verse 34, they admitted that the kings, the prince, the priests, and the ancestors disobeyed God. In the, his, in the story of the prodigal son, that was read to us by Pastor Gilbert earlier. Why do you think the prodigal son decided to go away with his part of the inheritance? Why? He had a comfortable life. Got people, got servants to serve him. Got good food at home. Got a father who loved him. But he was bored. He was impatient. And he took the money and he didn't spend it well. We... We were told that he squandered away all the money. He squandered away all his money and looked for excitement with his friends. Aren't we sometimes like that? We get bored with our lives and we look for excitement that do not come from God. 
Oswald Chambers said this in his devotion. He says, sin is a fundamental relationship. It is not wrongdoing, but wrong being. It is deliberate and determined independence from God. Isn't it true? Sin, many times, is a deliberate independence from God. We think that we can do things our way. We think that we can do things better than God. That, that this song, very famous song, say, well, I did it my way. So sometimes we are like that, right? Most of us, the action flow out of our being. Remember the head, the heart, and the hand. Good or bad, it all comes that way. The head, the heart, and the hand. Then the Levites continue in a second reflection in their wandering years. The second thing that they reflected was God's grace and mercy towards them. That God was ready to forgive. God was gracious and He was merciful. Despite of their stiff-neckedness and disobedience. That God chose not to forsake them. God did not forsake them, but remained with them throughout. And God protected them. And God fed them to the pillar of clouds and the pillar of fire and provided provision for them. God gave them food, manna, fresh water, meat, and sustained them for 40 years in verse 20 to 21. Then he gave them land and offspring. They conquered and possessed the promised land, and their children came after that. And the children were multiplied like, and became like stars. The numbers were like stars in the sky. Remember the promise to Abraham? So they're all kind of related, huh? As they recollected their history and God dealings with them. And that God was faithful to keep his covenant and steadfast love in verse 32. In other words, God's loving kindness was shown through his grace and mercy and his love for his people. God was righteous in his faithful dealings with the people. In the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son wasted his life away. And what was his turning point? His turning point was when he had nothing left. He said and he began to think and long for his father's presence where there were more than enough. So he made up his mind stand up and went back to his father. And his father waited for this long lost son for a long time. And finally, when the father saw him, he ran towards him, ran towards his son, embraced him, and welcomed him back. And there was great celebration. I do not know what come to your mind as we think about the reflection of the Levites. And as they reflect on God's faithfulness in the Jewish history. I know that it's not ASE anniversary, but let's take a moment to reflect God's faithfulness in the history of our church. Some of us here, sitting here, have been in church for many years. A lot of you have been here longer than I do. 
And we have many things pass through our mind. The ups and downs, the good times, the not so good times. And if I want to take a reflection of God's faithfulness, that's one thing that I can thank God for. And I say this all the time. I'm very thankful that in my few years here, we do not need to cancel any baptism service. Even there was, one, there was only one a couple of weeks ago, we had that baptism service. And we want to thank the Lord for His faithfulness over our church. We have a constant flow of visitors. And we want to thank the Lord for that. Yes, pastors come, pastors go, parish worker come, church worker come, church worker go. But God is still watching over His church. Hallelujah. God is still watching over us. And we want to thank the Lord for that. How about you? I know that many of us have been here since 1986. 1986, correct, yes. And you may like to take time and do some reflection, like the Levites did. In your sermon question this week, there's time for you to do this reflection and share with one another. Then the chapter closed with this very important verse in verse 38. In verse 38, it was a time of renewal. Because of all this, we make a firm covenant in writing, in a sealed document, and the names of our princes, our Levites, and our priests. So it was a sealed document. We all know how important is a sealed document. So writing down our renewal, there'll be a time in your cell to write down your renewal towards the Lord. Writing down is important because it means you have a document that you can go back and reflect after a while. So through it all, we learn from the prayer that God is awesome, God is faithful, and God's loving kindness will never cease in good time and in bad time because our God loves us so much and He's God and God alone. Amen.